Hi, welcome to episode 77 of the American Tributaries podcast, where to break out of the bubbles we all live in, we're using modern technology to explore the various currents of people in our great country, kind of like a 21st century Lewis and Clark journey. I'm your host, Michael Whitten, here in Brooklyn, New York, and thank you for joining me in this exploration of America. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vishwesh Bod, who lives about 950 miles southeast of me in Oxford, Mississippi, where he is executive chef at Snack Bar, a renowned southern brasserie and oyster bar, and where he's received lots of acclaim. Um, in 2022, he published this mouth-watering book called I Am From Here, um, which has uh, received acclaim from Garden and Gun Magazine, from NPR, from the James Beard Foundation, and I'm sure many other um, you know, uh publishers and uh, you know, people in the culinary arts. So, Fishworth, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? And could you share a bit of your story? Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know where to start. Uh, I, uh, you know, I was born and raised in Ahmedabad, India, in, in western state of Gujarat. Um, came here as, uh, as a teenager after I finished high school, uh, came to the U.S., uh, lived in Texas briefly, then Kentucky for a little bit, uh, and then Mississippi with a couple of uh, little uh, jaunts, uh, one one to Miami and one to Denver, and then back to Mississippi. So uh, I have been in Mississippi as long as I can remember, longer than anywhere else I've been, so this is home. Uh-huh. Well, so I mean, so I guess you know what brought you. I guess what took what brought you out of India and what brought you to the United States amongst any places you could have gone. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't a choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I moved because my parents moved. Uh, you know, one of those stories. My my father mm-hmm. uh, now retired, but uh, he uh, was was a research scientist and um, went to the University of. He went to was doing projects with some folks and. Uh, ended up at the University of Texas um, working there and then, you know, uh, similarly to Kentucky and then and down south. Oh, wow. Okay. And what was it like for you? I mean, so how old were you when you moved here? Uh, I think I had just uh, by a mid, I was 18, a little bit more okay. than 18. Yeah, I finished, I just finished high school. Okay. And I guess way back then, were, was the, the food scene already on your radar or how did that happen? No, I didn't. I mean, I didn't have a food scene on my radar. I, I'd grown up in, in a household that was vegetarian. We were vegetarian uh, when we moved here. Uh, luckily for us, we moved to Texas. Uh, and so we, when we went to the grocery store, there were a lot of items uh, that I immediately recognized, uh, mm-hmm. you know, beans and, and tortillas and rice, all of that stuff looked very familiar, chilies, uh, you know, uh, all that stuff is, is things that I had, I had grown up with and was familiar with, and uh, it, it made uh, the transition uh, easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas is not exactly a vegetarian state, though. It's not, but, but there, were plenty of vegetables, there were plenty of vegetables available. That's the beauty yeah. of the South, you know, that, that was sort of probably, you know, if, if we had moved to Ohio or, you know, say, you know, your neck of the woods, things might have mm-hmm. been a little different. Yeah. So, um, and, um, and when did you start like, like getting, getting into cooking and stuff? I mean, I started cooking at, at pretty early age. I mean, I, I, uh, what was the youngest in, in a large family? Our, our nuclear family is pretty small. It's just, uh, you know, it was mom and dad and my sister and I. Uh, but a large extended family. My father was the oldest of, uh, uh, is the oldest of 12 siblings. My mother was the oldest of eight. And so we had lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and all just, you know, always coming through the house. And so there were always a lot of guests at our dinner table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was the youngest. And so I would I would come home the earliest from school and be in, in mom's way while she was trying to get all this stuff ready. And so she would to basically to keep me occupied, uh, give me tasks. Uh, and those tasks then turned into more difficult tasks. As, and I realized that the quicker I did what she asked me to do, the quicker I got to eat. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, and so that, you know, un- unbeknownst to me, I was learning how to cook, uh, you know, at least some, some basic skills, uh, which, uh, I will tell you came in very handy, uh, you know, two decades later when, when, you know, uh, I was, I was a little lost and I, I realized that, uh, you know, the graduate school subject I was in was no longer of interest. And, you know, as a, 20 mid 20s something year old uh you know having sort of that uh 
uh, crises uh, and, 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 you know, stress and all that, wondering what to do. I, I you know, still had to pay bills. So I went and applied for a restaurant job uh, and uh, realized that I could do that job. And that was because I had learned some skills uh, when I was young. Wow. So what, how far, what were you studying? Uh, I was studying public administration. I wanted to be a bureaucrat. I thought that would be the greatest job on, on the planet. Mm-hmm. And what uh, what led you to have a change of, uh, of feeling about that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I went and did an externship uh, with with uh, with with a department that shall remain uh, uh, unnamed. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you if you remember, you know, uh, back when when we were growing up, you know, you had these uh, long Manila envelopes with little boxes on them, right? When you know, interdepartmental memos, and you had to go from, you know, what somebody would sign off on it and you take that to some other department and they would, you know, you had this list of signatures on the outside. And I spent about three months running these memos back and forth from one department to the other and, and never saw anything get done other than just somebody signing off on something and pushing it off to somebody else. And I quickly realized that uh, what I had signed up for was not uh, all that it was cracked up to be. Uh-huh. And, Okay, so so your late twenties and you're thinking of what else to do was the was the that job or that that the getting involved in restaurants was that the first thing you did or did you look at other possibilities as well? No, I didn't know what other possibilities because I mean, as, you know, I, I had studied uh, in, in college. I'd studied biology and political science, uh, and this was uh, you know while the Soviet Union was still around. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, I graduated, and then Mr. Gorbachev decided, you know. Well, you know, it's okay if the Soviet Union didn't exist, and and sort of the bipolar world that we had grown up in, uh, and and that I had studied and been you know ready for all my life, no longer existed, <laughs> and so yeah, all yeah. the, you know, and all all the jobs that went along with it had sort of just kind of evaporated, uh, and I didn't really know what else to do. You know, I I didn't have I wasn't really trained for any any you know I didn't have any technical skills or anything that anything like that. Uh, not not many language skills either, so you know there was none of that uh, that was possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you were like looking to like work in the State Department or something like that with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, whether it's yeah. State Department or something similar, you know, be yeah. Yeah, some sort of uh, a bureaucrat who would, you know, my this this whole dream of mine was that I can make, you know, uh, you know, I I can change things make things better like don't we all have that at some point in our lives yeah yeah well and, and you and you have i think in a, in a different unexpectedly different way i imagine yes yeah yeah and it's, right. it's been great so when you first got to texas like was it was it an easy adjustment a hard adjustment or uh it, it was a combination i mean uh well the weather was great right i mean mm-hmm. I, I coming from uh western uh india to to austin texas in in september uh, mm-hmm. i believe it was so you know it was hot and humid like oh yeah i, I know what this feels like <laughs> uh and as i said you know the, the, the food looked familiar at least uh you know on on the surface of it um what was difficult was uh, also, I mean, again, you know, remember uh, Austin, this is, you know, uh, early 80s, uh, was not what it is now. It was it was still, you know, a f- nice small town where, you know, uh, dominated by the university and, and then you could get around, but also was very diverse. And there were lots of uh, folks, uh, uh, Hispanic folks. And, you know, so people that looked like me, at least, you know, uh, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it, that that part of the transition was not very difficult. Um, but the Texas part of Texas was hard, right? I mean, mm-hmm. just the way people thought of Texas and how important Texas was in all things. And, uh, you know, and, and most of these people had never left the state. So, you know, to me, that was like, you know, OK, uh, I, I just came, you know, 10,000 miles and there's another world out there that that thinks differently than you do. Yeah, it's a huge state, right? <laughs> yeah, but that was you know that 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 was the that was the part that was uh, you know took a while to get used to. Yeah, and and the wide open spaces, right? Growing up in India, you know that there are open spaces, but nothing like Texas. Yeah, the um is the way I get one of the things that's kind of led me to do this podcast is to kind of I guess really try to step foot in in other areas of the country and like New York you get used to a certain kind of way of living a certain perspective but then like when I've 
talk to people and even like in texas or where you are or got almost anywhere else like in the middle of the country you you realize how far people are from things like so right. like there are people, and, and and the thing that's close it might be the big city might be a place of ten thousand or twenty thousand people sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. and i think like and like when you look at texas it's just like oh texas is a state but then like when you actually when i try to put my mind into a place like that it's like mm -hmm. you know you're in the middle you you there's no water there's no like huge ocean for like you know 10 20 hours of driving or it seems right. like it. so yeah that's so, a long way <laughs> so yes I, I think in some respects like when i think about how people can kind of be limited and how they see things it can be a little bit like surprising but then on the other hand like living in new york city a lot of people don't ever leave new york city and Same, we're yeah. lucky because we have seven eight million people but right. you still don't go much past 10 miles from where you live often. absolutely no absolutely and, and then you know and, and that's the case with with you know uh, a lot of people in the world i mean i think probably majority of the world uh, lives like that right i mean they don't venture very far because you know you're, you, you are where so in, in that sense i'm very lucky uh that yeah. having been you know able to travel this far and and you know uh live in, in several different places you know yeah. uh, that's uh, uh you know i mean that 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 is indeed a, something that i'm, I'm you know uh, I'm very thankful for. Yeah. And like, what was your, what was the key for you in terms of, I guess, like kind of adapting in a way that you became so comfortable either to Texas or, or to living in the South where you've never really left? Uh, I think part of it was, you know, the age I, I came here. Uh, so I was at that age where, you know, uh, I wanted to make friends. Uh, I, wanted to learn new things that, you know, I, I, you know, if I was a little bit younger, I might have I've probably been a little more, more shocked. Or if I was older, it would have been a transition would have been a little bit more difficult. But I think uh, the age I was and uh, the way my parents went about, I mean, they, they had lived in the States before. My father went to college in the, in the United States and, um, you know, had friends already uh, in this, in this country. And, uh, I had met some of their friends as when they had come to visit us in India. And, you know, my parents used to travel um, not very often, but a couple of times uh, they had come to the United States again. So uh, it never felt like it was uh, a very foreign place because there were some familiar names and faces uh, to start with. Um, and after that, we just, you know, I, I got lucky with meeting uh, folks who were welcoming and, and, and very nice. Uh, not to say that there weren't some, you know, uh, you know, some, some people who, who probably weren't thrilled that I was around uh, mm -hmm. or, or my, my, in the way I thought about the world. You know, they, they didn't think it was uh, the right way to think about the world. Again, you know, you got to remember that I'd grown up in a place uh, that had not been Reaganified. Uh, and so my worldview on, on a lot of things that were happening uh, at that time in, in, in terms of politics and, and America's involvement in, in places like Libya and, and other places uh, were not in sync with a lot of, you know, what a lot of folks were, were saying and thinking. Uh, mm -hmm. And I wasn't afraid to open my mouth and say what I was thinking. So at, at times it created some tensions. <laughs> yeah well not being afraid of uh not being afraid of talking definitely can do that to you even uh even for me and my fam in my family <laughs> so um and then so what you've settled into mississippi what what is what is it about mississippi that's like so kind of i guess obviously enchanted you well, it's it's Oxford. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think this would have happened anywhere else. Uh, mm -hmm. And I say that because I've been in Oxford for almost 30 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, Oxford's a very unique place, or it was uh, even more unique when I, when I first came here. It's a very small, it's a small college town uh, with a just a really fantastic world-class bookstore uh, and a culture of, you know, a literary culture and, and uh, uh this group of people that for a really small town were, were very uh, are are very uh, uh, forward thinking and, and outward looking. And so that was, you know, uh, it, it just became a, a place where they took me in and, and everybody was nice from the very beginning. And, and here we are. So. Mm -hmm. so what's um what is an ideal day for you uh, not connected to the restaurant? For you in Oxford, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, ideal day was you know uh, kind of 
you know, stay and sleep in late like I did today, you know, <laughs> have coffee with my dog who's on that couch over there looking out, the, looking out the window, looking at the bird feeder. Uh, and then, you know, I put her around a little bit. I'll, you know, probably go to the square, uh, go to, as I said, I'll go to, go to square books, uh, you know, kind of, uh, look at books not buy one, look at them, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, grab a, grab a lunch somewhere and then, you know, come back home, you know, make some tea, whatever, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, nothing, now, go on. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, nothing, no, you know, well, probably watch, you know, watch a little bit of television or, 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 you know, read the news and, and yell at it, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been on this quest to like read a book, um, about every state in the country. And I like try to be mindful of opportunities to, to learn about books from other states. So it sounds like square books is website. I should go to, unless you know, unless you have any books that you'd recommend about, uh, about Mississippi, either fiction no. or nonfiction. Well, I mean, uh, John, uh, Wright Thompson has a, has a new book coming out, and I will tell you what it's called that everybody should get their hands on. Uh, for po people who don't know who Wright Thompson is, let me let me. I want to get the title right. So okay, uh, let's I'm writing see. it down now. All right, the book is called The Barn: mm -hmm. The Secret History of Murder in Mississippi. All right. It comes out well. It doesn't come out till September, but people should pre-order that book. Okay. Uh, and and it's about it's a story about you know uh, basically Mississippi and the Mississippi Delta and how that place has defined uh, you know uh, a lot of uh, what has happened here in the state and 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 then sort of by extension what has happened uh, in, in 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 the South. Mm -hmm. uh, and Wright Thompson is uh, is a phenomenal writer so mm. uh that's one that i would recommend everybody get their hands on but of course you know you've got you know tom franklin you've got michael ferris smith you got bethann finley you got uh amy nesukmatil i mean there there are so many writers in oxford right now that are putting out so much good work that you guys uh -huh. should uh you know uh it's it's amazing okay I will. I'll, I'll have to replay this and, and uh, re get all those names down and start looking. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, so when did you when did you start at Snack Bar? Uh, from the very beginning, from two thousand nine, we opened Snack Bar, and I, I moved. So I was working at a restaurant called City Grocery, uh, which is uh, owned by John Currents, and I'd worked with John Currents uh, for a long time, and. Uh, this space became available, and John and I had talked about doing a restaurant like this for a long time. So, when the space became available, I I moved over there and, and took over there. Okay. And if I if I understand correctly, snack bar is like a, a southern French brasserie, and does it, it has some of your influence as well, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. I mean, the idea is, I mean, I always, you know, uh, during all my sort of. You know, before I became in the United States, we, we spent a little bit of time living in, in France uh, and then I've traveled back. Uh, and I, I really like uh, that sort of French uh, brasserie culture, uh, you know, where it's, it's a neighborhood place where you go and you can relax. You can have uh, a, a big meal if you like, but you're not, you know, you can have a coffee or, or a, you know, a pastis and a couple of oysters and go on your way. That that. Uh, you know, I, I find that very sort of welcoming and, you know, not, not being forced to, uh, you know, dress up and commit to a, a long evening if you don't want to um, sort of aspect of a restaurant. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, uh, John is also a big fan of that. And so we decided, you know, that's what we wanted to be. Um, but again, you know, we are in Mississippi, so, you know, the, the ingredients would be Southern. Uh, we would, you know, use fish from the, the, the Gulf of Mexico, you know, we would, we would, uh, source our, our produce from as close to us as possible, uh, you know, and then, and then go from there, uh, and reference, you know, Southern techniques and, and Southern flavors. Uh, and that's, that's what we have done for the most part. And that's what I've done for the most part, but, you know, inevitably, uh, you know, whether this was, uh, you know, consciously or unconsciously, I, you know, I grew up, 
uh, with certain flavors, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I like those flavors. And uh, just, you know, just I, I feel like some some ingredients need a certain spice because those are the spices that I had grown up eating with those particular ingredients. And so, uh, you, know, you know, I'll try it. You know, why not? Why not put, you know, cumin seeds with potatoes? Because I, I like that combination. And if I like it, then everybody else should as well. So <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's how it started. And, and yeah. uh, the response has been, you know, uh, we're coming up on our, our 15th uh, anniversary on April 15th. So, you know, it's been, Oxford has been very receptive. And so we continue doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, at first blush, it certainly seems like, like, uh, an unexpected pairing, but then, as, as you alluded to, like you refer to the the foods of the South that look similar to the foods in the Indian cuisine, and then as I look yeah. through your your cookbook, there are so many recipes where it's just like, oh, that totally makes sense, right? Um, and I am, I mean, that's it's thrilling to think about. And once you, I feel like I've gone started going down that rabbit hole, the more and more obvious it's like, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. And then, so I, yeah. it sounds like that's what you've been doing. Yeah. And again, I mean, you know, the, the rabbit hole keeps getting deeper and deeper. And, and the more people I meet and more more things I discover, more flavors, more I learn about, you know, the other other immigrant communities in Mississippi that, you know, uh, the more interesting it gets. Yeah. Um, now, what uh, when you started adding the um, I guess the, the Indian aspects to the food, was it an, was it immediately received positively? Did you have to kind of explain it like how to how did that because i think it seems to be one of the challenges with restaurants especially if you want to do be unique is you you've got to like kind of educate people without making them feel like they're being educated sure yeah i mean the, the good thing about you know uh about about snack bar and and the you know and, and the folks who come to snack bar uh is that they had already uh sort of eaten the food that john and i cook uh, at city grocery um mm-hmm for a while so they were they were not completely unfamiliar uh with with these tangents i can go off on uh Mm -hmm. now at city grocery those would be you know occasionally a special here and there not a full Mm -hmm. menu uh and for the first couple of years the menu was was you know pretty straight down the middle you know uh if, if you will uh and so when the variations did start happening it wasn't uh what are you doing is like, what's taking you so long mm-hmm. uh, was, was more of, you know, that, that was more of a response than, than, you know, I don't understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, do you have, what's the, what's been some of the most popular dishes that you've <laughs> done? Uh, I, you know, I, uh, I think okra chat uh, is, is mm. probably one of those that people look forward to in the summertime. Uh uh, for some random reason, and this has nothing to do with the South or really anything else, but uh, last two or three weeks, I decided to do a butter chicken uh, just because I was craving it, and uh-huh. I, we had uh, some some really nice chicken, and you know I, I found myself uh, wanting you know something very Indian, so I, I put butter chicken on the menu on a Wednesday, and it, people really love it, so I, I've left it on uh, for the, you know the next two, three weeks, uh, but it's only available on Wednesdays. I mean, again, you know, that's mm. neither Southern nor really anything else, but it's, it's one of those dishes that people seem to enjoy. And I, I like, so, um, that's been, that's been fun. Uh, but then anything, you know, what, what works really well, and, and this is not just Oxford, but, you know, throughout the South, what people really like, uh, are sort of the summer, you know, when, when, when spring and summer hit down here, we get so much really fantastic produce uh, that, you know, anything we can do with it is, is always a people are people are looking forward to it because they want to see what uh, what we do next. Or, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, the good thing about snack bar is that we, we are in. Uh, in an old strip mall, so we have a big parking lot that turns into on, on, on in spring and summer on, on Saturdays, we have a nice big farmer's market. And so on Saturday, I'll walk through the farmer's market and pick out, you know, a few things and then sort of come in and, and play with those. And that stuff ends up on the menu for the evening. Uh, and that's always fun. And people always look forward to kind of, you know, because they've seen me at the market. So they want to then come in and see what, what it is that I'm doing with the things I picked up. 
Wow, it's like in, in, it's like in New York City being like Union Square Cafe and just going to the Union Square Market. <laughs> yeah, but it's only you know this is only in the in this you know in the summer and it's you know it's a once a week deal, but still it's it's fun to to you know to pretend like I'm some kind of a you know artist or or uh, being you know being creative. I mean at, yeah. at that time of the year, I mean you know the the produce does all the talking on its own. You really it's we, we're you know anybody that tells you that that chefs create stuff or you know i mean we're just taking advantage of what's available to us and, and not yeah. giving it credit yeah um so have you on the other side of the spectrum have you ever had any like experimental dishes that were like just utter catastrophes where you're just like right, it ha- happens, <laughs> yeah it happens all the time it happens all, all the time so uh, many years ago and this is you know this the, the the one particular I mean it's not really a dish it's a condiment that I tried to make uh, I, I was I had gotten into reading about the foods of the Spice Islands and Indonesia and you know just uh, kind of gotten excited about you know the, the history of ketchup and how you know it came and I tried to say okay you know I, I think I want to make sort of like the original version you know and I tried to make a banana ketchup and it was probably the most god awful thing. <laughs> ever you know uh and i still remember how terrible it was and so i've never gone back to trying to do that but yeah all the time i mean you know it's just because i think in my head it should work doesn't it doesn't always work uh you know it's uh the good thing you know the good thing about the folks that come in to dine is they don't have you know since i get to eat it and taste it first you know sometimes it it gets uh uh edited out before you know the, the people have to suffer yeah. <laughs> so how how big can I ask is the city of Oxford? Like, I mean, do you know roughly? Yeah. So the city ex- itself is a, maybe around thirty thousand people, twenty eight thousand, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when you add the county, um, mm-hmm. and we're the county seat, uh, and the university, then you know around fifty thousand people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Have you embraced like uh, I guess like the I mean from a New Yorker like one of the things you expect when you're talking to somebody like in in, in the southeast is like uh, you know really into like the college football is that, have you embraced that? Uh, yes and no. I mean I like college football a lot uh-huh. uh, and 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 being in Oxford and and you know being part of this community there's no way around it right I mean, it's mm-hmm. because because uh, we actually have a football season. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, that's uh-huh. that's and, and that's our busiest season in the restaurants and in town really? and everything. Uh, but I went to college, you know, I went to undergraduate school at the University of Kentucky. So I'm more of a, a college basketball person. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think college basketball is, is the best sport around. Uh, but, I, you know, I love I love football Saturdays and, and you know, that whole atmosphere and, and you know, the, the fans getting uh, really excited about about coming to a game and all that, that whole, the whole pageantry that goes with it uh, down here, there's nothing quite like it. I mean, people should come experience it. Yeah. I would love to, that would be great. Um, maybe you should do like another book should be like, you know, tailgating from this. It's already been done. John Kearns has a great book out there. It's called tailgate. Oh. <laughs> uh, unfortunately it, it, it came out right in the middle as, you know, as, as we were going through all the COVID sufferings. Uh, so, you know, it, it, there was not a big book tour or anything that, that, you know, came with it. Uh, but people should get, get their hands on it. It's one of my, my favorite, uh, it's one of those books that has recipes that are really approachable and they're fun. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's the book about tailgating. So lots of fun snacks and stuff like that, which you can then, uh, you know, serve, at parties and things like that so it, it's it's a fun book yeah wow well you know i'd say i was looking through your book and some of the things that like jumped out at me because I, I married into a, an, a taiwanese family so there are things like you have like a vegetable kanji right and like your your grown-up stir-fried rice um yeah. which were great and uh, I've, i love the idea of the i saw the grits upma Mm-hmm. Is another thing I've, I've, um, I, the American tributaries has a second arm, which is about the encouraging travel for student right. travel. So we've been South Carolina is our first destination. So I, I kind of, um, got very seriously into grits with that connection. So I've enjoyed <laughs> dallying in it. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I think everybody should have grits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, corn is America's, you know, America's grain, right? So, yeah. Yeah. 
but I found the, also though that I've I, I was told I told somebody once that I put some avocado in my grits and that seemed to be kind of like a transgression against grits. Um, but I was like, I'm just I'm showing right. respect to this and kind of trying to infuse it with things that I love to exactly. You know. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you uh, do you drink wine as well? I do. And um, do you have any particular wines that you like, either on your own or you know with your foods? Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. Let's let's you know. I'm not I'm not an aficionado, right? I, I like wine, uh, mm. and I, I enjoy uh, you know having a, a nice glass or two or three uh, sometimes uh-huh. of a wine. Um, off late, I've been really into uh, uh, a couple of producers out of out of uh, Napa. Matthiasen uh, mm-hmm. is one, and a lot of people will probably have know will know about Matthiasen. Uh, the other one is Newfound Wine, uh, mm-hmm. a young couple making uh, making wine. Uh, uh, Audra and Matthew, uh, a really awesome wine, and and uh, you know they they are. You know, you, you think of Napa and everybody thinks sort of the big, you know, uh, Napa Cabernets and stuff like that. And these guys are making uh, making Grenache and, and doing it so well. So if you can get your hands on, on either in your Matthiasen, of course, you know, everything they do is great. And then the, the Grenache uh, varietals that uh, Newfound Wines are, are working with, those are, those are awesome. Yeah. So it's, um, are you familiar at all with Massacan? Uh, a little bit. Not, okay. I mean, again, yeah. Those wines are very interesting and yeah. different too. They go really well. Dan Petrosky is the guy behind that, and he's yeah. from Brooklyn originally. Mm-hmm. So. That name I know. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. And then for the oysters, um, to me, a recent revelation in the last few years is how well they go with scotch. I have not tried that. Oh so my gosh. We'll, we'll work. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm off. <laughs> I'm off tonight, so that might be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, so this was a, a friend of mine because I, I don't know if I came up before, but I work in wine and spirits distribution, okay. and one of my clients introduced me to like you take the oyster, and the way he did it was he just did like use eyedropper of like a good peaty scotch, okay. and you can do like three or four drops right into the oyster, mm-hmm. and then slurp it, and the peatiness of the scotch with the brininess of the oyster is just it's heavenly. Okay, um, yeah, I will. I will get on that this evening. <laughs> the um, the have you seen the ratatouille? I assume. Yes. So that to me is like one of those like one plus one equals three things where it's like <laughs> it, 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 each yeah. idea is exciting, but you put them together and it's fireworks. All right. Okay. Uh, and, and if this works, I'm taking 100% credit for it. Yeah, <laughs> like, please do. Like, well, see, this is this is part of the can, American tributaries. Right. I, I will. Like, I will totally ideas. appropriate this uh, <laughs> idea if it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Please do. Um, so. Um, have you, uh, are there any kind of like, I guess I, you know, one of my wife and I just finished watching the bear and I'm sure you get asked about this. Um, does that, is that, uh, show a reflective, at least of parts of what it's like to be in a kitchen? I have no idea. I haven't seen a single episode. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, how about then I'll go, I'll approach this a different way. I was a lawyer for eight years mm-hmm. and I've seen law shows. And I yeah. think when you see a law show, it's like, okay, this is something that could happen, but your entire day is not that most right. of your day is very tedious. Most of your day is just more droning and you'd never want anybody recording it. So how much of your day is like the exciting things that people think of a chef doing and how much of it is more mundane, I guess. I, you know, it, it depends on the day, right? I mean, because some days are, are, are different than others. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, th- there are times when it's it's all tedious work because it mm-hmm. has to be done. Uh, and then there are days when you're being creative and, and everything sort of firing on all cylinders and, you know, people are bringing new ideas and new flavors to you. And, you know, so it, it just depends. But uh, on, on, you know, all in all, in general, I mean, it's it's hard work. I mean, it is, you know, it, it's long hours. It's hard work. You're on your feet. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, the the uh, uh, the glamour part of it is is maybe you know five percent of of all all the work that you do all all year long. Mm. Okay, um, and then I guess when did you feel like in your professional, I guess, career arc that you like? knew that this was for you? Was it at the very beginning or was there a point where you're working one night and just things were humming and you're like, this is it? No, it took about, took about, uh, 
three years. And again, as I said, you know, I came into into cooking as out of desperation. I didn't know what to do, but I needed a job to to pay bills. And then so I was sort of, uh, and it it was that for you know, I was like, I got to go to work and I got to pay my bills and I got to support my habit and I've, you know whatever else I got to do. Uh, but then you know, I I realized that I really enjoyed being. Uh, with those people uh, that I was working with, and and again, I was very fortunate. I mean, this doesn't happen, uh, you know, very often, so it's not you know uh, very typical. But I fell into fell in with a group of of folks who were all about the same age. Uh, we were all in a college town. We were all you know sort of every one of us had a college degree, you know, but we were all working the line at a restaurant. Uh, and having lots of banter about things happening in the world and listening to music in the kitchen and you know and having fun uh and it was hard work but we were as a as a group as as a group of four or five of us we were having fun and so it became you know uh i started enjoying going to work right looking forward to it uh and then and spending time with those guys afterwards and so that was you know that that happened uh you know, and it, I could have, you know, walked, walked into a kitchen where, you know, things were hostile and, you know, people yelled at each other and, you know, things were thrown around and it, it might have been a completely different experience and I mm -hmm. might have left. Uh, but that didn't happen for me. And so, you know, a couple of years in after, you know, hanging out with these folks and learning and, you know, it's like, oh, I really enjoy this. I like coming here. I like coming into this building. I enjoy this work. I enjoy uh you know, seeing these people that were feeding out, because again, realize Oxford is a very small town. So if you go to the grocery store, you're going to see folks that that were in your dining room, you know, the night before, and they might say something, you know, and they had seen you and they'll say hello. And, you know, uh, so it, it became more of a community thing and, and more of a, you know, I, I, this feeling that, hey, people enjoy what I do and I enjoy mm -hmm. what I'm doing as well. Uh, mm. So yeah, it, it it took a couple of years, but yeah, then then it clicked. That, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. Okay. Well, what what kind of music are you playing in the kitchen? Uh, I mean, nowadays I'm not playing anything. Nowadays the kids <laughs> are playing stuff, and, and and a lot of it I don't recognize. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but so what? You know, it's yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's it's uh, it's anywhere from you know we've got a, we've got a couple of folks that are really into uh, you know this whatever K-pop or whatever it is, and uh -huh. uh, from that, and you know some some folks have just now discovered uh, Snoop Dogg, so you know uh, it's like mm -hmm. yeah. Let's see. Yeah, there you go. So, and what were you playing in the kitchen at that time? Uh, we had, you know, lots of, uh, uh, you know, there were the, the Ramones and and uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, stuff like that. Um, huh. Yeah. Okay. So you, I mean, you're running a kitchen and and everything is is already extremely time consuming, as you said. So how did you? Like, where was the idea for the cookbook, and how did you fit a cookbook into your already busy life? Uh, I, well, the idea of the cookbook, I mean, it, it was in the back of my head, and and again, it's not. Uh, and this is. <laughs> uh, Mostly because I come from a very academic family, right? So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the least educated person in, in my entire family. Everybody's got, you know, at least two master's degrees, if, if not more. And, and, you know, they all do things that are very literary. And, you know, they go to, you know, art gallery openings. And my dad, you know, writes poetry. And, you know, I have an uncle who is a very successful uh, a novelist. And, you know, that, that all that all that sort of... So there was always this... I always grew up around folks who were either reading a lot or, you know, doing some dabbling in some sort of writing. And then I, of course, came to Oxford, which is a town full of folks that, you know, write really well. And, you know, and that's that's all that. Uh, and then John wrote his first cookbook and then his second cookbook. And so, I kicked, you know what? Uh, I felt like I had a story to tell. Uh, I thought it was, you know, uh, interesting. And I, I finally had... You know, after, after working for so many years, uh, I felt like I had enough of a collection of recipes that made sense. And for a very long time, I've been talking about, uh, you know, the connections, you know, how I made the connections between the place I grew up in and the place I now call home. Uh, and then, of course, you know, our, our political climate was such that it felt really important uh, that immigrants have a voice. 
And so I wanted to tell that story. And then so I put a proposal together with, with uh, you know, help uh, from, a, from a friend and send it in. And um, David Black, who's my agent, he's in Brooklyn. He, he loved it and shopped it. And Norton uh, stepped up and they, they liked it. And here's, and that's how that came about. That's great. Um, you know, to me, the, I think what I, what I've loved about food and even like with what I do with like wine and spirits is there's the connections that happen across the table. And there's also the connections between the diners and like where the food comes from and how the food gets to where you are, you know, right. and then even like what, you, what you're talking about is like even the ideation of what the, of what, um, you know, what you're making can come from all over. And I think that to me is the beautiful thing. And it sounds like, I mean, you had said before, I mean, I I think that we, it's a beautiful thing that you did. And I think that it's, what's interesting is obviously that added element of you being from like from down in Oxford, Mississippi, which Mm -hmm. is an unexpected twist and already an unexpected twist. (laughs) Um, And and I think like for me, I think in, in New York, we get a very, you know, there's a very, uh, it's, it's, we all live in echo chambers. We all live in like our own little idea silos. Mm-hmm. And I think that what what your book did is it kind of breaks so many of those different silos um, at the and echo chambers at the same time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's, and again, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't intend to do that, uh, it, but it was just, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these things were in my head and, and uh, you know, I, you know, I wanted to tell, tell stories and the only way I know how to tell stories is, you know, is through food and it, it made sense. Um, and I'm, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. I'm really proud of the work we did with it. Yeah. So you already, and I think you've already kind of answered this question, I think, uh, uh, in, in many respects, but like, is there anything that you, you'd want to say, I guess you feel like things about like, I mean, Mississippi or the South that you think are misunderstood by people outside, like you know, for somebody from New York getting, you know, what we see in the news and whatever else. Right. No, it, it's yes, yes. You know, I mean, and, and all the world, I mean, this is not, you know, uniquely a problem for the South. It's also a problem, you know, for, for places like New York where, you know, uh, mostly, it, you know, and, and we are responsible for a lot of, uh, the notions that that uh, exist, um, but then we also have to, you know, uh, whether, it, whether it's New York or, or Mississippi or, or Iowa or whatever it is, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll address Mississippi in particular because you know there's this notion that we are a certain way that we are you know uh, backwards and you know and and to a lot of extent a lot of those things are true. Uh, but what doesn't get noticed is, is all the really fun, progressive, creating things that are coming out of Mississippi, right? Nobody wants to. That doesn't sell copy, mm, right. right? For some reason, uh, that doesn't sell copy. So nobody wants to talk about that. And what ha- what then ends up happening is uh, the folks who are doing the good work uh, have to work even harder than they are to get noticed. Mm. Uh, and then, then, then the, then the narrative is, oh, you are so, you know, you're so different from rest, but you know, yes, you may be different, but you are still part of Mississippi. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and people need to realize that it's not just one way or the other, that two things can coexist, uh, that Mississippi can be backwards and, 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 you know, uh, we can elect leaders who are essentially killing the state and are you know, dumb as bricks because we don't know any better. Uh, you know, we. But at the same time, we also have folks uh, that are doing some world-class work, whether it be literature or art or music, or even you know, uh, be really progressive politically and, and, and doing things within communities uh, that need a voice, and that voice comes, you know. Uh, from other folks outside taking notice. And the only way that would happen is if they came here, right? right. To see what was going on. Right. Uh, and that's the problem. The, the, the media, which, you know, uh, and again, I mean, I say media because, I mean, what is media now? I think it's, you know, maybe two companies controlling everything, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, the way we get our information is, is so limited and, and so uh, formulaic now uh, that... W- you know, 
unless somebody really decides to break the mold and then go out there and, and you know, uh, and f- go look for themselves, it's really hard to get the, the other stories out. Yeah. And well, that's unfortunate. I hope, yeah. I hope this podcast can do that part. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but I also, to me, I think they're part of it is also going, I think even seeing the other sides of, I think understanding, I think that like I, to use a wine term, like every, every area has its terroir and Correct. people reflect their setting. So mm-hmm. if you're in New York, there's a certain setting and New York has its, you know, its own rash problem, its own bureaucratic inefficiencies mm-hmm. and its own hypocrisies and its yep. own callous businessman. Like it's, it's, it's everywhere. But there was this a comedian that made this, um, a was talking to people who think New Yorkers are, too um a too rushed and too rude and it was interesting because it's such a simple it's a such a simple example but it really makes sense so like even the idea of like being rude or polite can be very different in the context so like in new york if you go to the pizza counter and you and you order a slice and you start chit-chatting with the guy that's not necessarily polite because that guy has work to do. He might have a right. line of people behind you and right. while you're distracting him with stupid, with, with conversation that is intended to be friendly and polite, you're actually disrupting his business and you're being rude to everybody behind you who wants to get their food. Right. But if you did the, but if you're in the same exact context, I'm sure if you're in Oxford, there's a, there's more opportunity to be able to chit chat. And if you didn't sure. talk, it might be considered rude. So it's the same exactly. behavior, but the right. context dictates how you're going to be. And I think to me, there is, I don't know if we've become like maybe we think we know more than we do. But one of the mantras I'm trying to be is more humble because you can't, you shouldn't immediately knee jerk react to anything. Exactly, because and, you and don't that, understand yeah, the context. Yeah, because you have to, yeah, the context is, is everything, right? I mean, you have to understand why why it is that people do something. And also, you know, and, and what happens is, uh, you know, and I'll I'll give you this, you know, because I used to come to New York, you know, uh, with, with, before I knew a lot of folks who lived in New York. Now I know people that live in, in neighborhoods, and I go stay with them. Mm-hmm. And that New York is very different. Right. When you're in somebody's neighborhood and they go to the neighborhood store and, and the guy knows your name and, hey, you know, hey, Melissa, how are you doing? What do you need? You know, that yeah. conversation versus me going to, you know, uh, whatever deli, you know, uh, and, exp- you know, warning and New York experience are, are completely two different New York experiences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same here. You know, if, if you if you come in to Mississippi and, and give us a chance, right, give us a chance to. To show us what we are mm-hmm. and not just, you know, you know, take the sort of the superficial, give, you know, spend a couple of days in the town, get to know the people and, and see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Get that That's a whole different experience. Uh, and you learn a lot more. That doesn't mean the other part doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's there. And and some of it, you know, some of New York is rude. I mean, that's not, you know, kid ourselves. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, right. Sure. Uh, but that's not all New York is, and Mississippi is backwards, and Mississippi can be racist. But that's not what all Mississippi is, right? And that's, you know, you you have to learn uh, to to understand and, and balance that, and 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 then by interacting, one hopes that you know we we change uh, slowly slowly change the dynamics of how how interactions happen. Yeah. I, the, the term that I, I like to refer to is saying, like, I just want to create, like, cognitive dissonance. You know, like, you, you, like just kind of catch yourself before you decide something. Right. Realizing that what you see on the news isn't quite what's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 the full not the full reality anyway. No, it's right? it, it's a yeah, it could be true, but that's only sure. one sliver of what's true. Right. I mean, like I've never I think I was in Biloxi for like a a brief minute or I, I'm not sure I think we watched but um I have not been to Mississippi really ever. So I, I think to me one of my lifetime goals has been I really do want to kind of travel and be in all fifty states right. and get to you know know the country because it's just so vast and there's so many different aspects mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and, and you know, and many places, you know, you, you'll be surprised, you know, uh, like didn't realize that this would exist in a place, right? Uh, yeah, and then you're like, or didn't realize this didn't exist. I mean, how how can you be in a place where you these things that we are in America, these things should happen? You know, people should have, you know, clean drinking water. But they don't. How is that possible in this country? But that, you know, that's that's the other reality of this, you know, uh, this this whole, you know, 
life that we live or whatever it is, you know, that, that we, sh we should, you know, be all collectively concerned about when things are not going right. Yeah. Because it reflects on all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And try to fix it. So, um, do you have other, are you, do you have, um, like other restaurants outside of the Oxford area or what's, what's your, the scope of your responsibilities? Uh, so I, I mean, I know I live, I live and work in Oxford, uh, mm -hmm. uh, part of the city grocery restaurant group. So we have city grocery, uh, big bad breakfast, bourree, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and snack bar. And I spend majority of my time, uh, at snack bar, uh, -huh. okay. uh with, you know, uh, with, with, you know, and because everybody we have we have you know really good staff in place everywhere else we've been very fortunate i mean you know for for a while it was it was rough uh mm -hmm. but but uh we've we've managed again that's you know the beauty of being in a small town uh you know we have been able to maintain and, and retain uh folks came back after you know uh all the troubles that that we had and mm -hmm. um so yeah i spend most of my time at, at snack bar and and then pop in if needed to the other places and did you have to did you go on a long like book tour with um i did I mean, yeah. yeah i did it was fun it was you know uh year before last uh and mm -hmm. it was it was fantastic one because you know it came uh, uh you know sort of at the at the end of what had been you know for for most of us and in, in, in this business and then a lot of other folks really really trying times uh we had all sort of been cooped up and didn't know what was going to happen um and so it was nice to get out, uh, nice to be able to to travel, uh, and it was great to see friends. You know, it's great to get out there. I mean, it, it was one of those. You know, the timing probably couldn't have been any better. Uh, as you know, because people were ready to to get out and eat, uh, and so, and and it was nice to go see friends who wanted to host, and and do something different, and their staffs were ready to do something different. So it it became sort of a this reunion tour that was a lot, lot of fun. Great. Um, how many different cities did you get to? I mean, if it, roughly. Yeah, maybe about all told around twenty-eight or so. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all over was it largely in the southeast? Was it all over the country? Uh, some uh, mostly. So I started off in the southeast, mostly in the southeast, and and then Texas, and then mm -hmm. uh, New York, DC. Okay. Uh, and uh, of all all the random places in the world, uh, uh, Michigan. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Which it's, was which was probably the the best stop of them all in in a you know in a small town and and uh, uh, wow I should remember the name of this town but I'll think of it in just a second. It's a small town on on the lake up up you know northern Michigan mm -hmm. um, that has a uh, little book festival. Mm -hmm. And uh, why can't I think of oh. Uh, Harbor, Harbor Springs, Michigan. Um, and it's on the lake and it's, you know, uh, it's a small town, I think 800 permanent residents. Uh, of course, in the summer it swells because people have lake homes and, and they all come up. And, and uh, so this is in September, sort of at the tail end of their big season. So most people are gone. So there were about 1,100 people or 1,200 people in town at that time. Uh, they bring in about 40 authors and it is, uh, they treat them like, like, VIPs. The whole town is bought, and this is the town's event. Uh, I was there for, you know, three days. Uh, they kind of they they put you up in these houses that are empty because people are like, well, we're not here, so they they've bought into this as well. And it's a fantastic event. I mean, it, it, it I've you know I've never seen anything like it, and I I resisted. You know, I, I kept telling my publishers like. Why do you want me to go to Michigan? It's like this is doesn't make any sense, you know. Why don't you, you know, why don't I go to Miami instead, or you know, some other place where I have connections? And you know, and they're like, no, 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 trust us, you want to go here. And I'm so glad that I did mm -hmm. because I made, met some really wonderful people, and I've never seen a, a book event like this where the whole town has bought in. I mean, this is there, this is a town's event. Uh, to, to just kind of, you know, tell you how, how great it was. It's, so the keynote speaker is a lady who is a historian who writes sort of about, you know, uh, ancient Egypt or something like that, you know, and, and sort of that kind of, you know. Uh, and she was the keynote speaker. And they had the keynote speech in the, in the town, the school auditorium, and it was packed, standing room only, to listen to a, a woman talk about, 
history, right? How amazing is that? Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. And where did you, when you were in New York, where, uh, what bookstore did you go to? Do you remember? Uh, we did. I didn't go to a bookstore. Uh, we huh. did a thing at, at uh, um, what's it called? Uh, Chelsea Market upstairs. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah okay. uh, uh, Chelsea. What is it? Chelsea, yeah, the Chelsea Pier, Chelsea Market uh, upstairs Chelsea Market. where, you know, where uh, they have a, a space upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sort of in conjunction with the, uh, the Museum of, uh, of Food, MoFAD. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, food and drink. Um, so they, you know, they kind of put it on, and so we had a nice crowd. And and of course, uh, again, it was one of those things where you know the guys from from Tamaka are are friends, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, you're coming to town. Uh, let's let us host. And so you know, people haven't been able, you know, couldn't get reservations at the restaurants. Decided they were they're all going to come out just because they were doing the the snacks mm-hmm. to this event. So I had a nice <laughs> nice crowd thanks to them. <laughs> well, you know, as we're talking right now, one of the things that hits me is that in New York City, one of the ways you learn new neighborhoods is you really get you get lured by a restaurant where it's like, oh, wait, let's right. go to this restaurant. Well, I'm realizing what we're doing here is I feel like I am definitely more curious about like going to Oxford. And I think um, going to Snack Bar is like the yeah. anchor visit to <laughs> <laughs> to like, a, you know, a, a, an extended visit to, to Oxford. And yeah, well, Snack Bar is great, but there, you know, there, there are a lot more places, uh, you know, besides snack bar that you should come check out and yeah i mean yes we, we definitely want you and, and everybody else that comes through oxford to come through snack bar but i would be more than happy to uh, to make a list of places they should they should visit and eat at and and go see while they're here okay and the bookstore and the bookstore you you have to go even if you don't go to any of the restaurants you got to go to the bookstore because there, there are very few like it left i mean you know really? a, a real true bookstore that's independently owned and operated it's 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 fantastic yeah, yeah, I love going. I love going to local bookstores. I also love like going to local like grocery stores because I think you can learn yeah. a lot. Like, what's about that, people, what's that? Yeah. yeah. So well, I know we're starting to approach the hour mark, so we should probably wrap up. But can I ask, like, before we finish, like, what what gives you hope at the end of the day? Uh, I think conversations like these, right? I mean, you know, just uh, of random people that you haven't really met that reach out and then say, "Hey, let's talk." Uh, I think that that's hopeful uh, in, in in this day and age. Um, I mean, yeah, we we are in a, in a in a really tough place in, in the world right now. I mean, things that are happening around us that, uh, you know, it just boggles the mind that in, in 2024, uh, you know, people would be acting the way they are. Uh, and, 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 you know, what you would think are really sensible people would know better. But, they, you know, for, for some reason... Uh, they're not and and so you know i'm 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 hopeful uh that maybe you know we we come to our senses and you know act like civilized human beings that we are uh maybe we come together uh you know in 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 small ways like this uh and exchange ideas and 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 talk about things and talk things through which might be you know uh naive on my part to think that that would you know be of much help but i i think it's more helpful than than not talking and then that's you know, and that's the that's the you know the hope. I mean, I again, we're, we're you know, uh, I'm old enough to remember where you know talking to folks was a very easy thing to do. I mean, you know, you didn't you didn't agree on a lot of things, but you could still be civil and have a drink and you know visit people in their homes and you know uh, we we've somehow you know have this big chasm between us now that uh, I hope we can bridge. Yeah. Well, I think this is, uh, I think the, one of the burdens for our generation is uh, coping with technology and it, yeah. it gives a lot of access, but also I think it can reinforce a lot of uh, feelings yeah. about things. And Right. But I mean, again, technology could be one of those things that, you know, hopefully will, will you know, will, will create bridges that didn't exist in, in, in places. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, because you can now really easy, com- easily communicate, uh, you know, from across the globe. So, yeah. And I, and I think I, I refer to this podcast as like really my anchor of hope because this conversation and everyone that I've had before just it really kind of steals my belief in I think 
people in general. And I think that mm-hmm. when you think about this country, our founding, our structural founding structural document, the Constitution starts with we the people. And I think right. ultimately, it's us that have to have these small conversations Absolutely. to start then getting other people to, to see it, uh, yeah. imitate it, but also then to kind of, I think, get the politicians we deserve across the spectrum right. that are able to disagree with civility and yeah. still be effective in kind of leading us forward you know in starts and stops it's messy humanity is messy um but i think we we can continue going forward in a positive way 100 percent and i I, you know i believe in sort of that you know throwing a rock in the pond sort of thing right you start you start with where the rock drops that's you that's your local community and then you kind of work your way out you know in the concentric rings uh and you know hopefully that's what we're doing yeah, well, I think you're doing great stuff. And uh, for everybody, again, I am from here. Um, it's really delicious mouth-warning book. And once you start flipping through the pages, you won't stop. And you will, of course, buy it. Um, and is there um, – do you have your own website or anything? Uh, yeah, it is www.kissmybot.com. <laughs> so K-I-S-S, my B-H-A-T-T. Yes. Is that it? Okay, great. All right. Well, uh, Vishwas, thank you so very much for, for Thanks, being man. open to this conversation. It's been Not such a all, pleasure. Man. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and from, from what I understand, we have we have a connection at Norton. Oh, um, with Erin. Yes. Aaron? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, so Do you know her as well? Uh, I know offer, and I don't know okay. her very well, but I was, you know, uh, that's, I mean, it's a small world, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's another connection that we can make and, you know. And when we start, that's the thing. When we start looking, you know, uh, there'll there'll be connections in places you didn't realize you had them. Yeah. So shout out to Erin Lovett. She's also on the yeah. board of American Tributary. So hey, all right, a great friend. So thank you, and thank you to all the listeners and viewers out there. May you go out and explore our country with unconditional curiosity, respect, compassion, and humility. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.